Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No more international breaks until March. It's time to focus on the task in hand. And the task in hand next is Arsenal at home. Let's talk about them. Welcome to Carnage. Welcome everyone, welcome to another episode of Carnage where we look forward to the fixture of the weekend. <sighs> international break over people, well, yeah, international break, I mean Kevin just, as Kevin does, reminds us that there's a small matter of AFCON in, in January, but I tried to ignore that comment, but but the international breaks are over guys, um, welcome, welcome to the panel first, don't think they need much introducing, I've got Conroy, Kevin, um, regulars, and I've got the man in all things Arsenal, a man in the know in all things Arsenal, my colleague from 90 Minutes, Harry. What's happening, mate? Thanks for coming on. Good, guys. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while since we've... Uh, it we've has, man. So it has, you know. But, you know, you seem to be relevant against Arsenal, like sort of, you know what I mean? So we thought we'd bring you back, you know, like sitting sitting ahead of those uh, silly idiots over uh, at Old Trafford. So you're ahead of them. So you're like, you know what I mean? It's the glory days again. The glory um, days are back. Glory days are back. <laughs> but um, Kev, international break over. Mm. We can focus you know what? On this, is, stuff, this international break that just went on, though, I was pleasantly, I was really happy with it. It's the first time I've been able to sit down and watch Ireland and okay, enjoy, yeah. what, enjoy what I was watching. And, you know, I'm not one of these guys who are, who are all, cl- all about the club. You know, I, I love watching your internationals. I love watching Ireland play. And Real football man. To see to see the stuff that Kenny Stephen Kenny's doing with Ireland, bringing through the young lads that um, from the under twenty ones that he had, and seeing the end results in passing the eye test for me is uh, something to build on, something important, and it really gets the country up, you know. So and it's something we all need at the minute. Good stuff. Well, good I'm stuff. glad to be back to the day job now. Though. Oh yeah, man, this is the serious stuff, isn't it, Conray? Mm. Um, coming to you. Uh, people are asking, where's the cat first? Yeah, no, I know. You, like, I, I try, I try to hate that. Sod the team I, news. We need the cat news first. Like, what's going mate, on? Is the cat all right? Is she everything cool? No, the cat's, the cat's good. She's got a wee... It was her birthday, and so she's got a, she's got a wee bed that she can use oh, just in the corner. Yeah. She's sitting there now. But to be honest, guys, I, I was watching your stream earlier, and I commented, and free, uh, free emojis was the cat and the bell. So, Harry, if you don't know, my cat is generally more popular than me, mate, and it's like not even bad. <laughs> thing, like, genuinely, the cat's the cat's the icon here. I'm just the side. I'm the she's the Batman. I'm the Robin, a hundred percent. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. Good, we, mate, good. we we love the cat. We love the cat. But um, Harry, I'm going to come to you first, man, because I steam guest, and uh, you bring, or you wish you bring. But your team comes to Anfield. Sometimes you go on like a coach. But um, <laughs> Arsenal come to Anfield in relatively, and I think it's very fair to say, relatively good form. Unbeaten in 10 overall, eight in the league. Six wins, two draws, I believe. I've been doing a bit of homework. See, Conroy? I, I, I do homework myself as well. Not only set you homework. Um, how are you feeling coming to Anfield? Because normally you'd be absolutely... Um, 
trembling with fear and, oh God, you know, Anfield and here we go again. But on the back of our couple of results and and considering the form that you guys are in, how are you feeling this weekend? Yeah, a, a lot better now that I found out this evening that Thomas Partey is, is supposed to be fit. That was, as you know, Grizz, we've spoken over the last few days on, on various things. That was my big concern, my big worry, because I just think Arsenal are a much better outfit with Thomas Partey in the middle of the park than without him. Simple as that. But if you told me after three weeks into the season that Arsenal would be fifth, two points behind Liverpool now, just six points off of the top, I would have laughed at you because things just seemed so bad at the start of the season. You know, we had lots of players missing. We didn't really know what the plan was. We didn't really have an idea of what it was that Mikel Arteta was trying to implement. The kind of hangover from last season where people were very critical of him and in some quarters were calling for him to be sacked. It kind of spilled over into the start of this season and things seemed really doom and gloom. Going into this fixture now, though, I'm not going to say I'm confident. I'm not going to say that I expect Arsenal to go to Anfield and turn you over or to even come away with a point. But what I will say is there is an optimism among the Arsenal fan base that we can come to Anfield and at least compete. And we haven't felt like that for a long time. And that's almost a testament to how far we've fallen, how rapid the decline has been. Um, Well, maybe not rapid because it's happened over a long period of time, but how dramatic the decline has been. So to be in a place now where we come to Anfield and we feel like we are capable of getting a result is obviously, you know, saying that we've come a long way. Having said that, as a lot of Arsenal fans have been saying this week, this is not the type of fixture that's going to make my mind up about where we are in terms of progress. If we get a result, great, happy days. If we don't, I think we all still recognise that we're nowhere near Liverpool's level and it's going to take some time to get there. So I think this is a bit of a free hit for Arsenal. I don't like using that term because I feel like a club of our size should always look to win every game and should always look to be competitive. But when you think about where we've been and where we expect to be come the end of the season, if we're being realistic at least, I think this is a bit of a free hit and it's one that I think we can sit back, relax, enjoy and just see what comes of it. Yeah, look, Kev, uh, coming to you, Harry makes a couple of points there where I totally agree with in terms of they're not gonna be they're not gonna be judged on results against Man City away like you know when they got beat, then they got beat by Chelsea and then Liverpool away. But I do think it's a litmus test. I do think there's a there's a there's there's a there's a there's a sense of let's see how far their progress has been when it comes to sort of the recent progress. This is the ultimate test, right? Coming away to Anfield, where they've got an absolute horrific record, yeah. uh, you know, in recent years. This is a, a little bit of a test to see how far this Arteta team has improved. Like someone put up there, nineteenth to fifth is is quite an improvement, anyway. Like f- sort of looking at it from a statistical point of view and, and, and sort of where they are in the league. But in terms of performance-wise and how they withhold um, sort of the surge that was bound to come from Liverpool, it should be a, a bit of a, a litmus test for them. It's a test for us, but it's a test for them as well. I mean, the, the bonus Arsenal have this season is no Europe. They've got time to work on the training ground, work on shape. And with the investments they've made in the summer, you can see what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. The test is, have they learned? Is he going to come to Anfield and try and play out from the back? Hopefully he tries. You know, it, it, Does he trust the keeper and the back three, if he goes with a back three, to be able to pass through our, our press and our second press? Or is he going to have learned from previous trips to Anfield and start to and go along and play the percentages? You know that's where he's going to be judged in this game. They're a dangerous side, and they're in they're in a good run of form. But let's you know they've beat who they're supposed to have beaten, and jumping from as they said nineteenth to fifth early in the season it doesn't take much. You know once you get on any kind of a small run you climb up the table really fast. Um, they're a, they're an effective side. They've got very good pace up front. Their midfield is doing okay, but they haven't really come up against the high intense side that um, can push them back and force them into mistakes. And that's what the acid test is for us to be able to do that to them and for them to be able to withstand it. It's uh, 
fascinating game. I'm really looking forward to this one. So many different reasons. Conroy, um, Kevin's given his opinions on the on the resurgence or mini resurgence of Arsenal. I slightly disagree with him in terms of they've beaten teams that they're expected to beat. So for me, for example, winning away at Leicester, I don't I didn't have them down as winning away to Leicester, for example. Leicester do do press a bit with Jamie Vardy, whatever. I genuinely think that Arteta has improved the team and obviously with no Champions League, as Kev says, that he's got time on the training ground to instill his way of playing and set them up. I personally think it's paying dividends. We're seeing a far more resolute Arsenal team. Yes, they're not as exciting going forward of the teams that have gone in, in the past that we've seen or we've been accustomed to. What's your take on it? I, um, and how do you feel going into this game? Um, I, I'm kind of similar, uh, Grizz, in the sense of I actually thought, bar the Leicester away game, you won games you're expected to watch. But after the Leicester game, I, w- I was quite impressed. I know he obviously scored an early set piece, I think it was Gabriel in that game, if I'm correct, or was that the second goal? But yeah. he started really well against Leicester. I know, Harry, I know you actually think Leicester have been quite poor this season, but I still think the King Power's a hard stadium. And I think that just came off the back of Leicester beating United 4-2 as well. I think I'm correct in that. So obviously it was it was a, a good result that I actually, I watched the Watford game I thought he started really well. That's one thing that you, you don't seem to be lethargic in games anymore now. Obviously, Harry watches much more of Arsenal than me. The only problem with that game is I felt like, see when the, the goal got disallowed, it, it, I felt like you could have ran on that game and there was a stage 3 or 4-0, but as the game kind of went on, we kind of walked for tactics, it, it really slowed the game down. And I, I actually did, would say you can maybe argue it was a free kick against against for, for the goal, but we'll not get into that. But for me, I'm kind of in between an Arsenal right now. In my head, I'm saying... You know, they're maybe just at a certain level, but is there a ceiling with Arteta where if you had another manager and you can maybe go bypass that and he's maybe just, just a decent manager and decent, obviously a good coach and he's instilling that. But for me, it's, um, I don't know, I still think when it comes down to it, we'll have a control in this game. And I've said that a few times this season, but I do think specifically in this game, especially our record at Anfield against Arsenal, Arsenal's record at Anfield against us, I think we will win this. It'd be interesting, as I say, if, if Arsenal uh, come out and try and play from the back, you know, and go for that and back themselves. Because I agree with what you're saying, Kev, people need to adapt. But Arteta or the team's argument could be, well, we're only going to get better if we keep you know, instilling that philosophy. But overall, I do think we'll have just enough. Because I'd say even when Arsenal have had great teams or, or very good teams, the, the Anfield things, it's a hard order to overcome especially with their record there. When was the last time um, Arsenal beat? Was it Liverpool? I think Anfield? it's six seasons ago. I read somewhere yeah. earlier or someone, um, obviously Laura will correct us. Whether yeah, of course, Laura. Encyclopedia. If, I, if I'm wrong uh, in the chat. Um, but Harry, I want to pick up um, your thoughts on something Conroy talked about and, 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 and Kev spoke about as well in terms of Arteta's way of playing and adapting and, do you think he goes into this game? Because I know we've discussed all week in terms of how is he going to set you up. So obviously a lot depends on the fitness of certain individuals, but it seems like Partey's fit. So Partey will start. Is there any is there any thoughts in your head that Arteta may have in his head of going five at the back? So playing Tierney as a left centre-back and keeping Tavares as a left wing-back like City, uh, like Chelsea sort of played us in, in the game that they played against us? Or do you think he's comfortable in his players' abilities and, and the way he's playing now to stick with the formation of that, you're, that you've been playing last eight games or so? I think the decision to do that against Manchester City when we played them early on in the season was a consequence of having lots of players unavailable. Mm. And Mikel Arteta almost feeling as though he could not play with a back four because he didn't have the personnel. Pretty much every time since then, it's been the back four. And I think with Gabriel and White, he feels like he can play with two centre-halves. Takahiro Tomiyasu as well. Okay, he's a right back by description, but he tucks in alongside Ben White and he makes it a back three when Arsenal have the ball. You'll often see the Arsenal team take up a very different shape in possession. And I've called the team lopsided at times where the left back bombs right up the pitch, joins the midfield. And then Takahiro Tomiyasu, who's a centre back as well, 
Um, you know, he plays for his national team at centre-back, just tucks in alongside Ben White and Gabriel and they become a bit of a back three. So I think what this system that we play with now gives us is that in-game flexibility. And I think Mikel Arteta is very big on that. From the first day he arrived, we've seen the team take up that particular shape. It's why Hector Bellerin, you know, people will say he's no good, but it's why Hector Bellerin, for example, didn't really fit with what Mikel's trying to do. It's why Cedric looks a worse right back than he actually is at times because the role that they're being tasked with is a very specific one. And that's why Tommy Asu was such a great signing because he is literally the profile of player that we need there. So I think in my mind, I think he will start with a back four on paper, but be wary that it will change in game. I think the other interesting thing is what is he going to do in midfield? Because of late, we've been playing with Lacazette in that number 10 position, if you like, uh, without the ball, he's been dropping that a little bit deeper and getting involved defensively. But when we've got the ball and and at times when we're sitting behind it, it's very much a 4-4-2. I just wonder if going to Anfield and knowing that they're going to probably play with three in the midfield, if that's going to tempt him to say, well, I can't play Oba and Laka up front together. Therefore, will we maybe see Martin Odegaard come back into the side as somebody who is capable of dropping even deeper than Lacazette would and making it into a three-man midfield to go like for like? So those are the big question marks uh, around the decision. Obviously, the Tierney and Tavares thing is another big thing at left-back. Which one is he going to go with? Nuno's come into the side and been brilliant, but Tierney is Tierney. And we all love him and we all adore him and we know how good he can be. So I think there is a lot of... um, there is a lot. Well, there's a couple of positions that he's really got to think long and hard about. I know I've gone around the houses, but I think you'll see the same system in terms of the back line as we've seen, you know, for for the last few months. I think he's made his mind up. He's settled on it, and I think for the first time in his managerial tenure, we've got some consistency in the lineup, largely because people have stayed fit, and and you've seen the benefit from having that consistent lineup. And so to kind of undo that from fear of Liverpool. Although they're a great side, I feel he's almost undoing the work that you've done over the last few months. Do you know, we won't go into the exact lineup that you think he may play, but uh, um, we'll go into that later, sorry. Kev, mm. um, Harry speaks about sort of um, sort of undoing all the work if he changes it uh, and and plays a different system and a diff- different set of personnel. Um, we... We've had a stop-start type of season as well because we haven't been able to roll out the same team. We've always picked up an injury in in a certain area. But it seems, hopefully, it seems, it seems like we're probably going to have our, well, in, definitely in my opinion, our strongest three central midfielders available for this game. Do you think that's an absolute vital, vital area on Sunday, uh, Saturday? Because it does seem that we're going to have Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago, who unfortunately, for whatever reason, whoever's been out, haven't played as much as we'd like. Yeah. I think that has to be the midfield. I don't think there's much other options there apart from Mox. Um, the injury that Curtis Jones had scared the bejesus out of me when I read on the website today that he'd lost his sight in, in one eye for a period of time. I thought, whoa, hold your horses there, kid. You know, but... Um, Hopefully, it, that's it reminded me of the Momo Sissoko injury, man. Yeah, I thought to myself, the worst fears came to my head. Like Momo Sissoko wasn't the same player at all after that. I mean, I, I read that today and I thought I knew he'd he'd done something to his eye. I never realised it was that serious. Mm. You know, but yeah, I think that'll be our midfield. Most these games, these big games, are always won and lost in midfield anyway. And if you're going to pick a, a midfield on paper, that's the one you go with. Fabinho got back early as early as possible. So that's good. Henderson, as long as he's past fit, should be available to play. And Thiago, hope to God he gets a run of fitness and a run of uh, games in the side because he's been so unfortunate with the type of injuries that he's picked up that they haven't been like your little niggles and your, you know, miss a game here and you're back. He's picked up some nasty ones. And, with the game, with the run of games that we've got coming up and the winter that we've got coming up, we need we need all hands to the pump more or less. The back our 
shape, everything depends on our midfield. We've tinkered with the shape, the shape this season with Trent's positioning, and it's telling that we're not as confident at the back as we have been in the last few years because of how advanced Trent has been. I mean, we reap the rewards of it because we're scoring goals for fun. But at the same time, there's a cost to everything in football. And where you gain in one place, you pay a price somewhere else. And we've been found wanting in a few areas of the pitch at times throughout the season. Nothing disastrous, nothing to set, you know, go and kick the cat or anything. It's something that Klopp and the, and the staff will work out over the course of the next few games, the next few weeks into into Christmas. And I'm sure they'll get it right. You know, they've got enough credit in the bank for us to be very trusting in what they're doing. They're not messing around and doing it for the, for the crack of it. You know, they're doing it for a reason. And that reason, hopefully, is to get the most out of Trent. And so far this season, it is working. The, the kids have been playing really, really well. You know, so Arsenal are, as Harry said, they're very flexible. I think Tomiyasu has been a fantastic signing for them. He was a centre-back at Bologna who can play. He can play with the ball on his feet. And he's offered them a bit of steel on that side of the pitch that they've been missing for a long time. And it offers them the flexibility to defend in a back five in-game if need be or out of possession have the extra security blanket of having a defensive-minded player on that wing. But at the same time, Tommy Asu hasn't played, played a Sadio Mane yet. You know, that's going to be a real test for him and see see where he is. And yeah. He will be tested in, that, in this game. And we'll, no, know more, we'll know more after. Absolutely. I mean, Conroy, that that's why this is slightly intriguing. It's the unknown factor of a relatively new Arsenal team. I mean, Harry... Will, will agree that it's it's quite a few. It's, it's good to see a fresh few faces in there, like uh, you know Ramsdale's a new signing, Tommy Yasu, Tavares if he plays. Um, Gabriel played last season, but he's Got still Lukonga as well, haven't you? Lukonga well. in, in midfield. Smith Rowe, I don't think has played at Anfield, or unless he played in the in the League Cup game, maybe when the kids played, he may have played in that game. Smith Smith Rowe might genuinely be. I heard someone say this other day on a Scottish podcast. He, I'm not even exaggerating. He might be the best half turn player in the league. These these get what I'm saying, like on the half turn, like he does it all the time. He's That's a unbelievable cool. at it. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but when it comes to like. Is he is he Scottish? No, he's not. He's not. But as it, Grizz, if it's a Scottish, I thought where's, where's Conor going Grizz, with this? Yeah, yeah. No, no. But genuinely, Smith Rowe for such a see the amount of times that Arsenal miss a chance that he maybe spins someone in. I know he's on the, the left hand side now, but he maybe spins someone on his back with a half turn. Like the kid's very good. And if it wasn't for Phil Foden, I'd rate him at the very top for young English talent. But yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add that in because no, no, it does it all the no, time. No, no, we, we, we'll, come on, we'll come on to the, to the danger men for both teams and obviously, you know, he will be mentioned in that. But sort of, you know, just going off from what Kevin was saying in terms of how they've set up and how, how these new players have sort of grown to understand what Arteta wants from them. It is slightly intriguing because normally, as I said, and I told Harry, like we joked about it earlier on in the day, like if I could choose one team, and he hates when I say this, to play against, it would be Arsenal at home. Like, the most easiest team to play against. Like, I genuinely believe that. Like, you can bully them. And if they want to play football, then you can outplay them as well. This has a slight, slight different feeling for me personally anyway. And it's only based, it's only based on the individuals in that back four. Like, and I said to him, normally when Arsenal come to Anfield or when Arsenal play, they always had a Bellerin. They always had a Kalazanich in there, a holding. Um, Mustafi or Louise that have got absolutely errors throughout them that you know they, you know they're going to make one or two errors in a game these guys that they've got have been solid and know what they're doing like they've all got a role Ben White's got a different role from Gabriel for example Tommy Yasu's got a different role from Tierney for example and Ramsdale's looked so comfortable is or am I am I over hyping him or do you no, see no no I see what you're saying because I think, you know, it's really quite funny that when they sign Ben White, you've got all these people saying, especially after the Brentford game, you know, going on about, oh, this is not the right signing. But now when they're coming to Anfield and if they want to play it from the back, you've, you've got a player who's who's very comfortable with that. You've maybe not got 
a good ball playing with someone who's a weakness that Liverpool could target. I think you'd probably, Harry would obviously give more, but from my perspective, White and, and Gabriel are quite good on the ball, quite quite comfortable. And then, as you said, you've got Tierney. I know you say Tavares might play, but from a Scottish point of view, Tierney defensively has actually been brilliant. He was a chat against Moldova. Craig Gordon saves a penalty and Tierney actually gets, of course, five yards like in a split second to make a last-ditch challenge. So from that perspective, I think you would play Tierney, especially with Salah playing there. And I know Tavares is a bit of a, a bit raw, a bit like unpredictable, and I do understand that. But I think Tierney, I don't know exactly for Arsenal, but for Scotland, he has been good defensively. But with that's the back four. And I'm, I'm just speaking about two or three there. And obviously... Um, the right back game is it Tommy Asu's has been outstanding barring the Brighton game he's been very good as well so it's like with that and that confidence there he can just say to his players right this is what we've been playing we can go into this game and and we are good enough defensively to, to, to halt Liverpool so I feel like with that you're right Grizz because there's usually always one area of weakness that Liverpool can target to say Right, if we press properly, we'll, we'll uh, isolate and exploit that one defender or say a centre mid, whoever you want to say, and get them. But right now, they do look like quite a solid unit. So it is intriguing. It's intriguing. I do think we'll have enough, but it is intriguing because you can tell they are trying to build that confidence in the team. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next maybe three to six months with the Arsenal team. Harry, um, Conroy talks about sort of how we target one area of, of weakness or a couple of areas of weakness. I want you to tell me where Arteta will focus on Liverpool's weakness, in your opinion. Where do you see us? Where do you, where do you see you guys trying to get at us? Considering you've seen Brighton with a different approach, West Ham. I told, we discussed it. West Ham with a different approach, with the personnel and, and the formation that you guys play. What approach do you employ? I think that you're going to see a bit of a balance between Arsenal trying to play out from the back, but also being a bit reluctant to push right up to the halfway line like they have been doing against some, let's say, weaker opponents. I think there will be that wariness. If we've learnt one thing about Mikel Arteta since he's arrived, it's that he's a lot more pragmatic than a lot of people maybe thought he was going to be. He worked with Pep, he worked at City, and there was this illusion maybe that he was going to come in at Arsenal and try and play this swashbuckling attacking football and that's not been the case he's been very careful in certain games and some people would say that he's been too careful at times and that he's kind of clipped the wings of some of our attacking players in the way that he's so demanding around positioning and you know being in the right shape and all of that I think there's a few areas that he will probably look at I think set pieces is one of them I think there's been a dramatic improvement at Arsenal on set pieces this season. And that is because uh, of Nicolas Jova coming in, a set piece coach who joined in the summer. has made a massive, massive difference to that, not just from a defensive point of view, but from an attacking one too. Um, we've got aerial threats in Gabriel, in Tomiyasu, um, you know, from set pieces. And that's something that Arsenal maybe have lacked in recent years. Liverpool haven't been that great in defending them this season. So I think they'll be looking at that. I think the other thing will be trying to flood the midfield as much as possible, understanding that you will start with a three in there and it's a very good three. And I think the way Mikel Arteta likes to flood the midfield is slightly different to what you faced so far this season in that He's going to ask if he does play with the two strikers, he's going to ask one of them to drop in there. He's going to ask the right back um, to tuck into a more infield position that allows the left back to become part of that midfield line. I think you'll also see um, Aubameyang drop that bit deeper as well alongside Lacazette as a pair to kind of, you know, work in between that line. Um I think you've seen in recent weeks Ben White step into the midfield a little bit more than he did in the early weeks. So I think there's a lot of flexibility to this Arsenal side. But when you were saying that there isn't like a clear weakness in the back line, while I agree to a point, I think that there is still a, a lot of developing to, to be done or a lot of development that this team still needs. And I think when you look at Ramsdale, for example, okay, he's been outstanding but the way he plays carries risks. He pings passes between the lines into midfield. He is quite happy to take an extra touch and invite the striker onto him to press him. And, and he's been so confident. And he almost had a howler 
against Watford where he came out to get a ball because he plays a bit like a sweeper keeper. He completely missed it. And fortunately for us, the angle was too narrow for, I think it was Josh King to find the back of the net. But that was just a warning sign that if Mikel Arteta is going to insist on playing this way from the back and the, you know, the, then there are risks to that. And while it's great that this back line are confident, it has to be, you know, you still have to be sensible in fixtures like away to Liverpool because one mistake can cost you. You know, you can see the goal at home to Watford and no disrespect to Watford, but you wouldn't feel the game was over. If you go down at Anfield by a goal to nil inside well, 10 minutes. I don't know, Harry. Recently, we've been given 2-0 leads away for fun, but yeah, usually, mate. <laughs> but what I mean is that there's still a lot of areas in which this Arsenal side need to improve. They're a million miles away still from being the finished article. So while they've been in good form and, and some of those defenders have made a dramatic improvement, I think the nature of the way they're being asked to play, it does carry risks. And I think as fans, for the long-term gain, we have to accept that at times we're going to make mistakes and we're going to slip up. And Ramsdale was the prime example of that. He's been, everybody's been waxing lyrical about him, myself included. He's been outstanding, but those mistakes are there and they're going to come. I just hope they don't come at Anfield on Saturday. Kev, where, where do you see the flaws in this Arsenal team then? Like, where will we try to, do you think we'll, we'll try to target a particular player or area or role or do we just generally play the way we've been playing and then hopefully, you know, eradicate the errors that we've been making in recent weeks? So, look, Conroy touched upon it. You know, losing leads has become a bit of a habit for us, a, a bad habit. We don't often yeah. lose leads. Um, how do you see us sort of, how do you see us setting up and how do we go about making sure that we don't make the same errors. Do, do you think they're individual errors? Do you think they're systematic? Is one I think the West the West Ham goals that we conceded were so bad. They were so they were so sloppy. Um, Allison had to be stronger for that corner. I said on the pod I did on the night after the game once I cooled down a bit. I grew up playing Gaelic football, right, and hurling. If I'm going up for a ball. I'm taking the ball, I'm taking the man, I'm taking the man's end, and I'm taking anyone. Jesus. Who's, who's with me? You I don't care. Kelly Way, but Alison is six foot three. Do you know what I mean? Take your... Take... Whoever's Keep, coming Keepers get you. protection as well, Kev. So see if a keeper... You're never going to get a penalty given against you in a million exactly. years for that. So. But Alison is a keeper who catches. And if you're going to be a keeper who catches, this could happen. And it happened... Normally, Allison is very good in the air. He's very commanding in his box. He's Burnley have tried it because of this, their physical size, but in general, most times, more often than not, he he comes and he commands his box. I think if we're going to get at Arsenal, you pressure them at the you pressure them high up the pitch. You win the ball back high up the pitch. If they want to play out from the back, good. You trust Mane and Salah and Jota to make life hell for him and make them force force one mistake. I, Sadio Mane is going to be licking his lips at this game because this game is, is tailor-made for Sadio Mane. Because if you get through your first press, then you've got Fabinho and Henderson and Thiago going to be hounding you for your second press. The key for us is being brave enough for Simicas and Trent to push their left wing and right and right wing back into full-back positions. Be brave and be high up the pitch and force Arsenal into a back five, force Arsenal to play 5-4-1, then you command the ball. That's how we win the game. We pull them apart. We pull them around the pitch and you create space for the front three. You ask questions that Arsenal haven't been able to, or they haven't had to answer. You put yourself in positions to drag the front three around the place and then you ask questions of your Ben White and your Gabriel. Can you stick to your position? Can you be disciplined enough not to follow Jossa out? Or as if Bobby was playing, not to follow Bobby out. Can you be can you hold the line? Can Partey hold that position in the middle of the park and whoever's playing off him be disciplined enough and controlled enough that when you turn over the ball, that you're not going to turn it back over really quickly? You know, we're very, very good when we want to be. We haven't been bad this season. We're unbeaten for a reason for a long time up till the West Ham game. We've been patchy a couple of times, but in general, we've been high scoring and entertaining 
and we need to get back to that. And the best time, to, this is a great time for us to be playing Arsenal because we have a bee in our bonnet and we have to get we have to get it sorted. And no better time than Anfield Saturday night under the lights to rip Arsenal a new one. Uh, really go at them. Can I ask you guys a question? Because one of the things that I think about Liverpool recently is I, I wonder, you know, obviously I think we can all agree Van Dijk is not quite back at the level he was at. I'm not saying he's been bad, but he's not. I don't think he's completely watertight at the moment. I don't think Joel Matip is either. Um, if Arsenal do opt to stick with the system that they've been playing recently, with Lacazette and Aubameyang up front, you don't have a spare man at the back. And I always worry about a back four nowadays in modern football playing against a traditional front two. If those two were to hang up the pitch and kind of leave uh, and try and isolate those two centre-halves, do you think that could change the direction of the game? Because wouldn't you naturally want one of your midfielders to drop that bit deeper and protect? Because do you want two on two in that situation? Yeah. So I... Sorry, Chris. I'm just, I'm just nipping quickly, and you guys can have the. Re- I'd love two v two because the problem we had against Brighton was they had no one to mark. Trossard was so deep and making runs from deep that that's how Brighton were able to get right at us. And if you give Virgil and Joel Matip two players to mark, I trust them over more centre back pairings in the league to be able to match anyone two v two. That they'll love that. That's their bread and butter. They will absolutely love that. The problem that Virgil and Matip have is when they're marking space and they have no one to mark with them. You saw it in the West Ham game, one of the goal, I think it was their th- second or third goal, where it was a, a runner from deep that caused the problem. You know, if the if Arsenal want to play two up top and leave us 2v2 at the back, that, that, that'd be great. I'd be delighted with that because they'll love the challenge. Conroy, what do you what do you think? And then I'll give my opinion. Can I just add on that? I meant to say it earlier when Harry was talking about Arsenal adapting for Liverpool. And I always say this every week. People must think I actually have a Graham Potter fan club now, right? But if you watch what Brighton done, Brighton, you might think of the top of your head to try and play the ball, but they actually a few times were doing like um Sanchez was playing the ball out wide, and he's actually very good with his feet as well, Sanchez, and going long, but kind of long passes instead of long balls. And that was working. And I think that kind of caught us out a few times with Trossard dropping deep. But the thing is, the biggest thing about Brighton, and Grizzle probably like we spoke about this before, was Brighton were brave. Brighton actually shoved lots of men to support. So as soon as, as Kev said, they couldn't kind of stop Trossard because he, he didn't really pick up one focal point position, he moved in. But they constantly had midfield runners and they were very brave. From the very first minute, Solly March tries to break the line. I feel like I agree with Kev that if, if you play the, not just the false nine, like you really need that bravery and support from your midfield. And you can get at us, absolutely. It's, it's not rocket science to tell that high line is more dangerous now. It still is, can be effective, but it's more dangerous because we're just, albeit we could get there again, but Van Dyke's not there quite yet, expectedly. Expecting, that's expected. But I feel like you can get us if you're brave. However, it's, it's a bit like anything. If you risk that, it's risk and reward. So it's like we can also get at you. But that's why Brighton's tactics were spot on because they didn't give us an option to press them high in like silly areas, a lot of the time anyway, and try to find players so when they could get the ball in, they were brave and go at us. So I'd say that's the best tactics. And I think um, I would agree if it's two on two, nine times out of ten, Liverpool tend to defend well when it's two focal points. It's more a false nine that's been causing us a lot of hassle. I, I think I think Harry's made a very, very interesting point. And I think he nicked it from me um, in the day. Spoke about this before. <laughs> yeah, I spoke about this before. But, I, but it's, it's a very good point because it, it will be absolutely intriguing. Kevin's got one version of how he thinks events will go and or how, how he thinks we would cope. And Conroy has said his piece. And I think I'm in between somewhere. I think... I think over recent years, if you take away last season, the way our centre-backs play is very reminiscent of the way Fergie used to employ Vidic and Ferdinand in terms of he would absolutely be brave and and say nobody beats these guys one-on-one. And that's the aura that we had created with our centre-backs. 
like Virgil and Matip were, as, as Kevin says, unbeatable. They'd say, bring on anyone, one-on-one, two against two, sorry. Where I think we're suffering, Harry, from this season, uh, where we're suffering this season, in my opinion, is the fact that people have forgotten not only Virgil is recovering from a season out, Matip missed the last six months as well. So people forget that we've got two centre-backs that are not 100%, yet we're still playing the, the dynamic style that we had employed when Fabinho was fully fit, Henderson was fully fit, and then you had Virgil and Matip absolutely fully fit as well. We're playing the same, we're playing the same system, we're playing with the same dynamics, in fact, probably more attacking, yet our centre-backs are not, in A1 condition. And that's why it seems, and there has been games where it's easier to to get at them. But as Conroy says, the catch-22 situation of that is, is Arteta's mindset and Arsenal as a team's mindset. Because if you do go gung-ho, and I'm not saying playing, leaving two up front is gung-ho, but that leaves you a midfield of Saka, um, uh, Reese, what's his name? Um, Smith, 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 Lekonga and Partey. Lekonga and Partey, let's just say. Now that leaves them four, two youngsters and two, again, a relatively unknown quantity in Lekonga against probably our strongest midfield. Will he be as brave as that? Again, like Kevin says, normally I would say bring out on from a Liverpool fan point of view because we will keep carving you open. But, it's also, as Conroy says, it's a it's a risk and reward policy for Arsenal. That's why it's slightly more intriguing than normal, because this time round, not only have you got, still got the attacking threat of Aubameyang and and uh, Lacazette and Smith Rowe, you've got able defenders who are so far, hopefully they will mash up on Saturday, but so far haven't made that many individual errors. So that's why I think it's very tantalisingly set how you approach. We won't change our approach, as Kevin says. We will play on the front foot. We will absolutely keep you camped. We will play on the halfway line. We don't give a shit who you've got because that's the way we've been coached and trained and, and been successful. But I just think there is an avenue where you can get us because of the levels that our two centre-backs are not quite at from uh, from our point of view, Harry. I think for me, what I take encouragement from with this Arsenal side is one of the features of our positive kind of upturn in form has been that that Lacazette and Aubameyang partnership, the fact that Lacazette is the one that will hold the ball up just for that few seconds enough for Aubameyang to get on his bike, for Saka to use his athleticism to get up alongside those two very quickly, even from a deep position, for Smith Rowe to do the same on the other side. And what you see with that front line now is you see Aubameyang pull out to the left, almost Thierry Henry style, a position that he loves taking up. And that then opens the door for Smith Road to drive infield. You'll see Saka from the left, uh, sorry, from the right, come in on his left foot. There's so much dynamism in that front line now in terms of the way they're all happy to, first of all, put the work in, in the transition from being in a defensive shape to then getting up alongside the forwards. But the way they're all so interchangeable is, I think is fantastic. And I just think, and I'm, you know, you guys will know better than me about Liverpool, but I just feel someone like Lacazette, who's very good at pinning a centre-half in the sense of occupying him, just getting in front of him. Even if he doesn't receive the ball, he instantly takes one of those people out of the game, which creates the space for a runner. And in years gone by, we, we couldn't transition that quickly. You know, we'd be back in a defensive shape, two banks of four, with the two forwards maybe further up the pitch. And it took too long for people to get up in support of them and they'd end up being isolated. But Saka, you know, gets his head down and he turns on the burners and he gets there. Smith Rowe does the same. Our left back does it. We've got so much more of the kind of physical attributes to this team now than we've had in recent years. And and I think that's been key to Arsenal being really good. But equally, we now feel like, we can ride out storms during games because we've got that more solid backline. So uh, again, look, I'm not saying we're going to come there and win, but I think there's a lot more threat in this Arsenal side than there has been in recent years. And and as an Arsenal fan, I can't help but look at the way you guys have been defending recently. 
and not feel confident, but feel like we can at the very least cause some problems. And that's going to be the key, I think. I think it's it's going to be key in terms of if you come and just sit, eventually we will break you down. You exactly. know, if you, if you, it's, it's if like it's like it's been a sitting duck, and that's what I don't want to see Arsenal do. Absolutely. But again, if you do come up and and sort of open that midfield, because that's what I think is key. Kev, you've obviously yeah. alluded that is key. That's where it's key in that midfield. I genuinely think that because of the potential personnel that we will have and the potential personnel that you guys will have on the day. And I think, Kev, that's where we'll be won and lost, in my opinion. Do you yeah, agree with that? I do, Sorry, yeah, guys, I mean, can I just jump in? Just jump in yeah, for sure. the, just the super chat, Grizz, from uh, NBA786, just because the chat's flying, just to catch up. But I'll just say, LFC fan, but I rate um, Emil Smith role, top talent. With VVD at 80%, only, um, only yet still best centre-back in the Premier League. He thinks Fabinho and Matip will need to, to kind of drop in and pick up Laka. Interesting point there. And Costas must must play too. And I think what he's trying to say is a heartbroken in the flag. It looks like a corner flag. So if Harry doesn't know, I'd say both are full-backs. Rob will be mostly always uh, set-piece crossing this year, but Trent's not been amazing either way set-piece crossing. It seems Shimakas is the only one <laughs> who can hit a good corner at the moment. So that's what they're saying. So yeah, cheer for the super chat, mate. We will we will get into the team lineups very soon, but that's where that's where it will be won, right, Kev? In, in yeah, midfield, I think. I think for how I think we're going to want to set up um, Thiago could be very could be pivotal if you want to keep possession. Um, he's brilliant at it, you know. I mean, he is a he is a Rolls Royce in that position. But at the same time, if he plays on the left, he's going to have Saka outside him. Now Tamayasu won't go past him, but he's going to have to, if Simicas plays and they've never played together. So that partnership is going to have to be something that they work on to, to develop that really quickly. You're not going to get a betting in period. Saka is, I think one of the best top talents in Europe and he will give anyone a test. So, you know, you say the game is won and mid, lost in midfield. Yeah. But I think Thiago in that role, Hopefully, dictating the play could be pivotal for us. Fabinho needs to have a big game, obviously. And mm. uh, we just hope that Henderson, if he plays, gets through the 90 and see where we are after that. But the other side to that is Trent, really, when we're on the ball, Trent has been picking up a right centre mid, right attacking mid position more often than not this season. The kid is an assist machine at the minute. I think he's in double figures. Are very close to it this season for club and country. Yeah, for all, all competitions. Yeah, I think no he's at ten or eleven. He's at ten or eleven. You know, um, and he's gonna he's gonna want to put in a performance. He knows that he hasn't been on it defensively. He knows that people are talking about him again. You know, and this side usually on the back of a defeat, they they come back strong, and that's what we need to see. And, and Arsenal are a great side to be able to come and do that to. You know, if you can't get up for this game on a Saturday night under the lights, then football isn't for you. You know what I mean? Conroy, Kevin's right in terms of our players have got a tendency um, when they're fit, the main players. They've got a tendency when, when eyes are on them or they've been on the on the receiving end of, of, of a few criticism criticisms like Trent has, like Virgil has, Henderson, Fabinho, they do tend to raise it and take it Almost personally, are you expecting um, are you expecting them to sort of wrong the rights of the last couple of league games? Absolutely, and I think we spoke about it before, Grizz. It's like we um, as football fans I think Harry will jump in this when international break comes. Apart from me, as of the last couple of months, because Scotland have actually made a World Cup playoff, which is <laughs> unbelievable. Congratulations, but, by uh, the way, of course. But, thanks very much. But um, what we would say is because of that, sometimes it's like a case of we're in a good run or if we lose it's a bad time to have it but I think that was the first time I said to you Chris I was actually no I'm okay with international break than now because I felt like everything had been happening if you want to go on individual performances or just the errors in that game or even the 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 previous performances at Anfield have not been capitalising on good positions I felt we maybe it was good to get a break and I know listen there's always that risk of injury I'm not saying that but I actually felt like get away get their heads out of thinking about Liverpool for a week and then when they come back, half-five kick-off Arsenal, as Kev said, I think that's a great game to come back into and I feel like we can use that as momentum. Whoever plays, I think it's a case of this is a 
just because it's at home, I think it's an ideal game to come back into. And you know, it's going to, it's a comment <laughs> laughing at you. But for me, I feel like it's a great game to come back into. And I feel like we can use that annoyance of not just West Ham, of slipping the opportunity at Brighton when Manchester City drop points, or when Chelsea drop points, slipping opportunity at West Ham, like shoot ourselves in the foot. I think we can use that, that annoyance and that passion for the game at the weekend, especially not being a three o'clock kickoff in a half five game, can focus on that under the likes as Kev says. And that's why I am more confident than, than usual. People maybe say I'll, I'll try and find the pessimism in anything, but I do feel like this game will suit us. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we can get over the line. Harry, we've, we've, we've spoke about certain individuals being available or certain selection dilemmas. Um, a couple obviously injury related, a couple are actually just on the basis of form. Um, but sort of taking all that into consideration, how would you expect Arsenal to set up tomorrow, Saturday? Oh. Uh, I think it'll be Ramsdale in goal. Um, mm. I think it'll be Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel, and probably Tierney across the back line. So the four. So you think Tierney will come back in? This yeah. was key because we discussed it earlier, didn't we, that a lot of Arsenal fans, very similar to how the Liverpool fan base are viewing Robertson and Simicas at the moment. Like, we know Tierney's the more rounded player, has proved it. We know Robertson is the more rounded player and has proved it. He's one of the best left-backs in world football. But um, just like Simicas has grown on a lot of Liverpool fans, Tavares has grown on a lot of Arsenal fans, hasn't he? Yeah, I just think, I mean, I would play Tavares, but if you're asking me what I think he would do, mm. then I think Tierney will come back into the side. He, Tavares has really shown a lot lately and he's shown that he's brilliant getting forward and he's very athletic and he's very strong and he's very physical and he's very unpredictable, which has helped us in an attacking sense. But I think he's still a bit raw. And I think if you look at you know, who he's going to be up against Mo Salah, you'd probably lean towards the better defender. You feel like we'd probably be defending more of the game than we're getting forward. So I think that's what will probably sway the decision. Mm. So I think it will be Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel, Tierney across the back line. Now that Partey is supposedly fit, uh, I think it will be Partey and Lokonga in the middle of the park, just in front of the back four. I think it will be uh, Saka on the right, Smith Rowe on the left, I I want to say it will be Lacazette and Aubameyang up front with Lacazette just playing slightly off him. I think that's what I would do. I think that's probably what Mikel would do. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lacazette was left out and Martin Odegaard came back into the side just to give us extra bit of legs in the middle of the park. I just wonder if the fact that it's Anfield, it's you know a very difficult game is going to m- mean that Mikel kind of I don't want to use the term chickens out, but maybe decides against playing the two forwards. But yeah, that that's pretty much what the lineup's going to be. I think that's that's that decision there in behind Aubameyang and the left back thing are the two question marks. I, I actually agree with you. I, I can't see Tavares starting against us. I think Tierney will come back for the reasons that you said. Um, you know, I hope Tavares starts because I generally think. Um, Salah will rip him to shreds. I generally think that because he's, you can see he's a natural attacker, attacking fullback, as opposed to sort of defence first and his marauding runs. And if you leave space behind Salah, you know, how many times have we seen him sort of go in that area against Arsenal? Um, and yeah, up front, I think that's key. Will Odegaard create an extra man in midfield or will he go with two up front? I think that's absolute key decision. It will show what kind of mentality he's at, where he's at, Arteta otherwise. Kev, from our mm. point of view, um, how you see us setting up or how do you see Klopp setting up? And is well, there anything different that you would do from what you think Klopp would do? I, I don't think we have many options, to be honest. I think Alisson will start in goal, Trent right back, Matip, Virgil, Simicast, purely and simply Simicast because let Robbo have a rest. Give him a week, a week, a full seven days off. He's been under the cosh for a while, and Simicast has done nothing wrong. Apparently, he played really well for Greece in the international break, and he's done nothing wrong. He's helped his case this season so far. Every time he started, he's done well, so I have no problem with him starting. I said Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, midfield, Mana, Mane, Jota, Salah up front. Um. 
I can't see anything other than that unless Henderson isn't past fit. Then Ox comes in on the right side. Or maybe Ox comes in on the left of a midfield three and Thiago switches to the right. Yeah, he's he's pretty that's about much... the only that's about the only difference. I don't think there's many there's much room for for change. I think the change the changes in the rotations for us will come next week in midweek. Oh yeah, for that's sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. But for this, this is uh no you don't mess about, you know, you, this is a big three points. We need to get back onto a run. Conroy, it's it's um Kevin's gone through the team and, and despite our sort of few niggling injuries on, on certain players in the squad, I mean, I I, I I think Arsenal will be glad to see no Bobby. I mean, he has an absolute field day normally, doesn't he, against against Arsenal. But it's a chance for Jota to come in again and, and, and sort of regain some sort of rhythm and form, would you say? Um, I think there's no point you picking the team because I think it's pretty much what Kevin says. It's I, pretty I, much... I think it's though, that's the only thing I'd say just because of the rumours. I don't know if there's been anything on the show, but it looks like I mean, people said Hendel was more injured than Robbo. And if we think, mm. you know, I if heard that's that the earlier, case, then, so, yeah, I, I read that as well. But um, apparently, but you never know. Sometimes it's mind games as well. Sometimes yeah, he knows they're exactly. fit. Yeah, yeah if he's see, not, then it's Ox. There is no yeah, other. Yeah. There's no I don't other. See, I don't see Hendel not starting. I think, I think, yeah, Hendel will start. But um, that Jota Bobby. Swap or whatever. Um, it does tend to mean we have to play slightly differently because of the way Bobby's plays and, and Jota plays. But here's a chance for Jota to sort of stamp his authority on this team again. And I kind of missed him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, you know how much a fan I am is Jota. I think his, his movement's very underrated. I think he's, his movement's outstanding, to be honest. And what you tend to find, not every game, as we get annoyed at Grizz, but when Jota plays, I've noticed there's been more fluid in the front three. They kind of, kind of change up sometimes if it's not working. Man United being the best example. I don't know how much of a yardstick of example that is because we've seen Sunday League teams defend better than that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it worked well. And I think with Jota, it's that, it's that kind of... When Trent gets the ball at the right-hand side with an opportunity to find a, a player, I think it's either in the centre or the back post. Jota's movement, just, just like against Manchester United, I feel like he's he's very intelligent. Also for other people, dropping in the number 10 positions to allow space for Manny or Salah. And as you said, Arsenal have been quite good defensively. So I think his movement can actually cause problems. I know Bobby plays great against Arsenal usually, but I'm actually quite looking forward to see Jota play. Um I think he always, even if he's maybe not having the best game, he'll get in positions where he can have a fetch, you know, have a score a goal. And that's what I, I love about him. So for me, hopefully the front three will be more fluid as they have been when he's played. And uh, yeah, I think having him in the the game allows you to have someone who can finish like Salah. And I think that's important in these games when at times um, Harry will be happy to know we've been not that we've been a bit leaky with the goals. So we might need to score a few. So I think it's good that uh, Jota's playing. Give us your prediction, Conroy. I'm going to start off with you. Um, what you think the, the score is going to be then on, on Saturday? My prediction, I think... You've been is, very, you've been fairly accurate, man. So, I've been okay. Before the international break, I was like, we had a bit of a therapy session. I was like, right, here we go, 4-0 against Arsenal. But listen, logic comes into my head after a while and not being that guy. For me, I think it will be, I'm going to say 3-1, like the kind of past two results at Anfield have been. If I'm correct, it was 3-1 when we uh, won the Champions League and. No, last season 3-1, and then we won the league, it was 3-1 as well, um, if I'm correct. So I think it'll be 3-1 again. I think we will concede, because to be honest, it's, it's just it's going to happen at one point. You'll probably have a shot from 25 yards that'll take three deflections and goes in, because that's what's happening now. But I think we'll win 3-1, I'll go for Salah twice, and um, we'll say Jota. So I'll go for 3-1 for me. Harry, what do you think? How do you see the scoreline ending up? My head says 2-0 Liverpool. But my heart says one-one, and seeing as I'm the only gooner here, I have to go with my heart. And uh, yeah, as I said right at the top of the show, there's an there's an optimism among us, um, and and I think if as a fan you can't live on that optimism at least until kickoff, then what's the point? So yeah, a one-one draw. And if if we were to get that, I'd be absolutely delighted. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely, of course, yeah. Wait until you hear Kev's prediction. I always leave, I'm going to leave Kev to the start because uh, oh, Kev's, 
Burn Kev. Very sensible, I think, 2-0. Oh, okay. <laughs> very sensible, 2-0. I just – I want three points, but I want three yeah. – I want clean sheet more than – You may, you may get good odds on that clean sheet this weekend, Kev. You'll need to check the odds on that. The way I look at it is this is a big run of games now up until, up until Christmas period in January. And we need to start being more solid. We need to be more disciplined. And there's no better time to start at home. We have a good run of games at home at the minute. And um, I think that Alisson and the back four would have been hurt by the criticism they have had. And they're going to, I want to see a nasty side to a nasty streak and a nasty side. I want to see a nasty Fabinho coming back from going to the, you know, he's going to the World Cup. I want to see him solidify his place in the Brazil side for the World Cup. And the best way to do that is to shove Casimiro out of the way by being a rock for us. And, Hopefully he starts that he starts that uh, against Arsenal at the weekend. He plays well. We get a clean sheet. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, famous last words: clean sheet, two nil. Um, yeah, guys, yeah, it's man. been a fantastic show. Really enjoyed Chris, that. Can I ask one more question? Just because we've got Harry here, if, if that's okay, only be two yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry, just in general, I was thinking about this today and the lineup and. How, how would you rate, it's not really on the topic of Liverpool game, but how would you rate Aubameyang's career at Arsenal? You know, just overall. Uh, I have to, I think you have to say it's been very good. Um, I think when he first came, he joined mid-season and he was incredible. Um, really kind of set off like a house on fire, was scoring goals for fun. And then in his first full season, he was excellent, instrumental in Arsenal winning um, the FA Cup under Mikel Arteta basically single-handedly won that for us with two goals in the semi-final against City and two goals in the final against Chelsea. Um, I, I thought it was brilliant. Last season was was poor um, overall. I think there were a lot of issues that we maybe as fans at the time didn't realise were there until after the event. So he had a period where his mother was seriously ill um, and he was he'd taken some time off to to be with her. Uh, he he caught malaria on international duty, and he didn't know he had it for a couple of weeks. But he wasn't feeling right, and then it came to light that he had malaria. Um, I think he maybe for a short period lost a bit of faith in the project at Arsenal because it felt like he didn't seem that interested. And of course, he turned up late, didn't he, for the North London derby and was famously dropped for that game. Um, so I, I think last season was a difficult season for him, but you're talking about a guy who's got 92 goals in 159 games for the Arsenal. That's more than one in two. Um, and that's a very, very good ratio. And if you also consider that this has not been the strongest Arsenal site that he's been a part of, I think it's really harsh to say anything other than he's had a good Arsenal career. I think last season was very challenging, very testing. A lot of people were asking questions about him, but there seems to be that hunger again with Aubameyang. And for me, this season, it's it's more than just about getting back in and among the goals. It's that he's leading a press, which is something he's never done before. So he's clearly bought into what the manager is asking of him. He is working incredibly hard. He is playing with a smile on his face again. I just wonder if what Arsenal did in the summer in terms of transfer business convinced him that actually there is legs in this project and there is, you know, uh, the potential for an uplift again. And, and I wonder if looking at that transfer window, looking at how successful it has been only, of course, up until this point, he's gone, OK, there is something to be a part of here. And, and it's kind of revitalised him. Um, but yeah, I know I've gone around the houses like I always do, but he's been a, a good signing, a very good signing. And um, and one that I, I think you have to say has been worth every penny. Yeah, no, thanks very much. I think it's a really golden boot is golden boot winner as well. And, and top yeah. of that, so yes, yeah, right. I hope that answer satisfies you. No, I think I was. I if just it doesn't, if it, it doesn't, I'll give you uh, Harry's WhatsApp number and then you can carry. <laughs> no, no, that was good. Sure. Sorry, I just wanted to take the right. opportunity. No, no, I'm just saying, like you know, there was me right thinking I've nailed this show. Great, great, last stream of the day. <laughs> like. 
like down to an hour. Like literally, we were going to sign out on the exactly the one hour, and Conroy comes with a with a fanboy question of his own. Yeah, like, yeah. That could easily have been asked like earlier in the show or something. Right? Just came and he knows Conroy knows. Like he's he's like he's the second coming of Avi for me, right? The Scottish version now. <laughs> He knows I've done about eight streams today, right? And I'm literally dying on my feet here. And then he goes and asks... Man needs sugar. Yeah, no, more than sugar maker. Right? <laughs> he asks Harry, who is the most... Like, like when Harry answers a question, he gives you a proper answer. He doesn't yeah. just, you know, he doesn't just give you a, a one-sentence answer. And I knew, oh, shit, I'm out of I'll get that. I'll get that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, listen, it's five, but it's not one. Yeah. Listen, five. It's, it's a fantastic show. Fantastic chat. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you all, especially Harry. You, you two are obviously part of the furniture. Harry, thanks very much for coming on, man. Um, hopefully, we will catch up uh, Monday, aren't we? Hopefully. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, fingers crossed that. We've got a, a positive Arsenal result to talk about on Monday. Yeah, I need yeah. one. It's been a while since we had one against the big, big against, sides. So. Against the big dogs, yeah. Big yeah. Dogs. Um, Kev, Conroy, we catch up real soon. People in the chat, um, I'm sure you have subscribed. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't liked, give it a like. Um, drop a follow on all these guys' social channels as well and their Twitter handles. Um and hopefully we see you next Thursday. Um, this has been Carnage, the preview to the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.